We hope you enjoyed these soul talks that we've been doing in our reform series where we've been playing some sound bites of Bill and I teaching at the Soul Shepherding Institute. And one of the wonderful things about the Institute is that we take your questions. We have uh, lots of conversation about issues in life and ministry. And so that's what we're doing today on the podcast is we'll be talking about uh, anger and our image of God. Thanks for tuning in with us. Hi, Soul Talks friends. Happy to say we've got Bill back with me today on our podcast, and we're going to have a Soul Talk with Hey, friends. Each other. Glad to be with you live. Well, not live. It <laughs> feels live to us. So yes. we're, we're imagining your, your faces, and uh, glad to have a Soul Talk with you now. Yeah. Bill, you and I had a chance to take a couple days away to celebrate my birthday and our 33rd anniversary, and it was so good for us. And one of the things I especially appreciated about it is just the spaciousness that we had for Soul Talks, <laughs> for you and I, just to have some Soul Talk. And so we like to get out in God's nature and the beauty and walk. And so on one of these long walks we took, I had mentioned to you, it seems like Psalm 95 is one of your favorite psalms because it's the one I hear you sing in the shower mm. more than any of the others you memorized. And we were talking. Come, let us sing for joy to the Lord. <laughs> yes. And uh, yet in that psalm, I mean, it's I love that part of it, the come, let us sing with joy to the Lord. And I join in with you. And I especially love the way that you do the comes, like bells chiming. Come, come. Yeah. <laughs> like the worship bells calling us to come and worship and, uh, at the church. and But there's, there's a part of that psalm that's kind of ha- haunting. Um, towards the end of the psalm, it Today, says, if you hear his voice, do not harden your hearts as you did at Meribah, as you did at Massa. That day in the desert where your fathers tested and tried me. For 40 years, I was angry with that generation. Uh, I said, they will never enter my rest. There are people whose hearts have gone astray. Yeah. yeah. Never. And so that part about for 30 years, I was angry. I mean, that, that kind of sends me trembling. And... Um, we, You and I have had a lot of soul talks over the 33 years of our marriage where I have gotten trembling reading scripture, reading about God's anger, and I've kind of come to you kind of shut down and triggered by this fear of God's anger, and I've projected a lot of anger onto God, um, and I've gone into this place where I'm I'm losing my trust for Him because I'm so afraid of the anger. And I know I'm not alone in this because we hear from other people who struggle with this and we have worked with a lot of people in the counseling office that really have images of God as being very angry and they live a life that's a lot of denial and a lot of manipulation trying to please this God that they perceive is so angry and there's not really a genuine, authentic, loving interactive relationship of intimacy they have with him, and and it's so sad. And thankfully, they've come to us, and God used us to help them in that area. But this is an area of of continued ongoing confusion for many, many people. Probably Probably we've all been damaged by anger. You know, Mm -hmm. everyone of you listening to us now has probably been experiences in your life, in childhood, and later in life where someone has been 
harsh with you, even uh, abusive verbally or physically. Uh, we've seen examples of anger harming people, and uh, truth be told, we've had our own problems with anger. Mm-hmm. You know, most of us have had experiences where we've, probably all of us, where we've said something in, um, with a mean spirit, a critical spirit, and it, it hurt somebody. And we, we reacted to anger in ways that were, were not loving and that we regretted. And, and so human anger is a huge problem. And that's why Jesus deals with it in the Sermon on the Mount. Paul deals with it in his letters, particularly Colossians chapter 3, also Ephesians and elsewhere. And, uh, you know, the overwhelming counsel of Scripture is set aside anger. And, but on the other hand, we've got a lot of Christian psychologists like us out there saying, well, anger is an emotion. And... You know, it's a natural emotion to feel angry. And so, you know, don't just repress that and deny that. That's what makes for these volcanic eruptions and unconscious angry manipulations and uh, judgmentalism and things that come out of us. A lot of that's because of repressed anger. And so it's a confusing, uh, painful issue. It is. And that's why we want to talk about it today. I know when we're really, really, really angry, we actually are get to a point where we are willing harm for somebody. We really are. It's opposite of love. Instead of willing good for them, we're willing harm for them in our anger. And yet I think that there's times when our anger is actually very much in love and concern for someone and that's being hurt. And, and, it's, and it's more of our um, loving them and willing good for them that we rise up with some angry energy. Yeah, and so that's something we teach about anger is that uh, anger needs to be governed by love. Uh, anger is, uh, if you just, if you have a sense that a friend is angry with you, even if they haven't said or done anything in anger, you're going to feel hurt mm-hmm. because th- that feels like they're against you or they're judging you or they're finding some fault with you or have some ill intention. So we, we don't like someone to be angry with us. So anger is a very powerful and dangerous emotion. Uh, and yet, uh, if it's governed by love, it actually can be important. And so this is, this is where some of the confusion begins to resolve. I think most of the time our experience with anger is an anger that isn't governed by love. It's an anger that arouses in us defensively. Like going back to your example of a friend's angry with us, we tend to get angry back. Mm-hmm. Uh, we tend to, as a defense, we're trying to defend ourselves against how we're feeling threatened or we're feeling vulnerable. Or we go into a total pleasing and trying to dispel their anger, trying to do whatever we can to make them not angry with us. Yeah, or maybe we just t- totally avoid the, the conversation, avoid the conflict. Withdraw because, totally. Yeah. And I, th- I think a, a lot of that avoidance is reflected in some of our views of uh, anger in the Bible. Uh, it's, you know, is God angry? Uh, it's, a, it's a big problem because there are a number of scriptures. Well, you, well, yes, God does get angry at times. You you can't you can't deny that. So a, a lot of people, particularly those who are coming from a perspective of Christian pacifism, or have been just, they just don't trust anger, uh, but just sort of take those passages out of the Bible and just say, well, that's, those uh, don't belong there, or, uh, 
and that is nice, a nice thought <laughs> to just, just sort of say, well, there's something going on there that um, is a mistaken... Um, Humans projecting their own yeah, anger and interpretation onto God. And so we, we make God nice, but that's really not a safe world to be in. If God's nice, that's not, that this doesn't work. It's not, not true. God is loving always, but God, God is a judge. God is, is holy. God uh, is, is true. And he, he needs, in love, he needs to have boundaries. He needs, to, he needs for, to have a world with consequences because of choices that, that we make that are uh, damaging to other people and disruptive to the kingdom of God, which is good and pleasing and beautiful and, and wonderful. And so God's kingdom needs to prevail. And we're in a battle with powers of darkness, and, and it's uh, important that the powers of light win. And so God has a, a aggressive energy, but God's anger is always tempered by love. So I don't think the solution to the, the difficult passages in the Bible where God is angry or seems angry, uh, I don't think the solution is to just say, well, those don't belong in the Bible. Uh, I, I think that that weakens God. It certainly weakens the the Bible as a trustworthy, uh, authoritative, inspired guide for our lives. And we, we lose a lot more than we gain by doing that. And it's, it's, by, it's because we're projecting human anger onto God. And we're just so confused in our world about this. We, you know, we, we try to talk about for instance, about righteous anger and unrighteous anger. Well, I mean, that's, I think, in, in concept, that's a good thing to say, well, sometimes anger is healthy and sometimes it's not. For sure, that's true. Well, love expressed in a healthy anger would be righteous anger. Right. And an anger that is not loving, willing good for the other, would be an unrighteous anger. Yes, and yet the problem with that is, is that whenever I am angry, I think my anger is righteous. That's right, yes, <laughs> right. And so we really can't trust ourselves with anger. Uh, it's, it's important that when we feel angry that we are able to feel it and own it and that we have someone safe to talk to about how we mm-hmm. feel without just popping off. Yeah. And we're able to pray through it like the psalmist models in the... The imprecatory psalms, also called the cursing psalms, is a particular type of lament. It's very common, actually, in the Bible, where the psalmist is angry at enemies, uh, angry at the Lord even, and is, is honest about mm-hmm. these feelings. And we, we learn there how to uh, express anger in godly ways that are healthy. That's so important, and that's been so helpful for me, because I find that if I don't do that, I make the anger go inward, and then I get depressed. Mm-hmm. And then it does affect my relationship with God because then I, I do start to find myself projecting, you know, anger onto God and I, and it's actually my own anger that I'm repressing or I find myself going into shame and, and it, it just can spiral downward. And so being able to just process it and be honest with it and confess that I'm feeling angry, it, it's a safe way for me to acknowledge it and to work it through. I don't have to act on it in a way that's destructive to somebody else or myself. Yeah, and what you're saying, Christy, and this is so common, I know that many of you listening identify with this. I identify with this also. You're saying that when when you feel angry, it might be with me, a family member, a friend, your temptation is to to internalize that, to uh, not express that, 
to not uh, say, I disagree, I don't like that, uh, that hurts, well, you know, why'd you do that? Because you don't want the conflict mm-hmm. and you're afraid of what might ensue, mm-hmm. you might be misunderstood. And so y- your default mechanism un- unconsciously mm-hmm. is to, to sort of swallow that anger yes. and just feel like, well, what I feel isn't so important or what I need mm-hmm. doesn't really matter. Mm-hmm. And that way, you're not, of course, thinking this through, but that way you can sort of control the situation so that the relationship stays harmonious. Right. Yes. But then you, when you do that, you realize that you're, you're paying a price mm-hmm. and it can get depressing mm-hmm. because you're you're diminishing and disrespecting your emotions and your needs, mm-hmm. your, your personality. Right. And it can get isolating because I'll withdraw from people and hide. Yeah. yeah. And that's the depressive avoidant mm-hmm. posture. And so many of us do that with anger. And then that can cycle into then losing our temper because when we're, we're pushing that Beach ball underwater, keep it underwater. Eventually, it's it's going to pop up. Mm-hmm. Yeah. So the, these are some of the kinds of ways that anger is really difficult. It it, it, it uh, and part of the problem here is that maybe we haven't had enough experience in our human relationships, particularly in our families growing up, where it, we were we learned we were shown and guided through a process of. Like Paul says in Ephesians 4, you know, be angry and sin not. Well, okay, you're going to be angry sometimes. That's not a command to be angry, by the way. Some people <laughs> interpret it that way. That's not the teaching of Scripture. The, the, the teaching of Scripture is, hey, you know, set aside your anger, meaning it's, it's two ways of saying the same thing. When you're angry, feel that emotion, like in the laments, uh, but don't let it control you. And don't let the sun go down while you're angry is, is Paul's wisdom for us. Uh, uh, because when we repress our anger, then it's going to to come to come out. So w- we need experiences where, uh, as children, because every kid protests, every child mm-hmm. becomes angry when yes. they're, they're not fed, they don't get their way. It's part of human nature, and it's uh, in part it's connected to our sin nature, and in part it's connected to just being human that we have needs and. It hurts when they're not understood and they're not taken care of. And so we, we, we protest. We say, hey, this is what I want. Hey, why'd you do that? And that's not a sin necessarily. That's just a, a, uh, an ask. And we have to learn, of course, how to ask for what we need in ways that are loving and respectful. And nobody can do that at one and two and three years old. You're, you're sort of learning as you go along. But a lot of times what happens there is uh, our parent shuts us down and we're scolded for being angry or, you know, we'll just do what I said and... And that sometimes ang- parents will uh, silence the kid's anger, but then they, they get angry. So that's you know, part of the, the confusion. And so having a parent that, that says, or uh, as adults, a friend who says, it sounds like you're angry. Tell me more about that. Gee, I noticed that you're, you're frustrated. Or, you know, I think maybe you're, you're seem to be frowning about this. Maybe there's some disagreement here. Help me understand how you feel about this. And so the, these are wordings that are expressing a, a quality of relationship where the, the bond, the secure attachment is stronger than the protest, the frustration, the anger. And that's what we need. That's where anger is being governed by love. And it's like, hey, we can agree to disagree. Okay, even, even if you're angry or I'm angry, we, we love each other and we're going to understand each other. We're, we're going we're gonna to work this through. And when you have confidence in your relationship that, that you can repair a disagreement, a conflict, with, with empathy, 
with, with understanding and, and validation and, and, and prayerfulness and so forth, then it, it's, it's safe to say, I don't like that. Gee, that, that hurts me. I, I feel angry about that. And, and to talk it through. Yeah, and that's what God does with us. That is the very thing that we can have in our relationship with Him, is talking it through, talking through our anger, Him being compassionate and empathetic towards our having that anger, and yet at the same time, so He's not telling us to deny it or shaming us for having it, and yet at the same time, He's helping us to not act out in ways that are sinful and hurtful and relying upon ourselves and bullying with our anger to get what we want. Yeah, so God is moving right towards us in that situation where we're angry. Even if we're angry with Him, God is not scared of our um, misunderstandings of Him or disagreements with what He's doing or our frustrations that He's not answering our prayer the way we want or isn't uh, releasing us into greater ministry or greater uh, harmony and blessing in our family. And when we are upset about these things and we, we tell God, he, he wants to hear and if we're not talking about it, he wants us to. He's, he's asking us, tell me more. What, what's going on here? How do you feel about this? Yeah, well, the reality is we get the angriest at the people we love the most. Yeah. <laughs> and so God understands that. He understands that we're, we're going to run into our anger and our love for him because of our sinfulness and our, the imperfection of our love. Yeah, and our, our will gets crossed. The, mm-hmm. the things that we want are disappointed and thwarted, and that happens in all of our relationships, including with God. And it's a natural, appropriate, and healthy thing to feel disappointed, frustrated, even angry at times like this. And it's part of a, a healthy, intimate relationship to be able to talk about that and understand each other and then you know, work things through. Well, this is such an important conversation, and we have a lot more that we want to talk about with this, and we have some questions that we have received from our listeners that we want to address. So we're going to go ahead and close this out for this week, but we're going to continue our conversation, and we'll play that as a part two for next week. Lord God, we just thank you for your great mercies that are new every morning for us. And we praise you, God, that uh, you... uh, have uh, are loving in all ways, and uh, when you are angry, it is always restrained by your kindness. And so, Lord, I just pray for us who've been damaged by human anger uh, that is not righteous and not governed by love, and uh, pray for your healing for us in those areas. And we pray for your forgiveness in ways that we have reacted in anger, said and done things and anger where our, uh, we were not being governed by your compassion. And so we thank you, Lord, that you are uh, healing us, reforming us, and teaching us how to walk in the ways of Jesus. And uh, bless this, uh, each of us, Lord, uh, this day as we seek to follow you, uh, and that we would do so with, uh, with joy and with a smile and uh, learning from you how, how to speak the truth in love, how to set boundaries in, in a way that's kind, how to agree to disagree, and how to handle conflict and situations where we feel like our will has been crossed, and how to, how to handle this in ways that are, are wise and holy and compassionate. In Jesus' name we pray. Amen. Amen. We hope this discussion, the Soul Talk on Anger, has been helpful to you. 
We love hearing from you when you send your questions to us. It makes Soul Talks interactive. And that's what we love about the Soul Shepherding Institute is that we're a community of apprentices to Jesus. And everybody brings questions about their life, their family, their ministry, their church. And our best teaching and learning comes in that context. So we hope to see you soon. Visit us at soulshepherding.org.